Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone this morning, and we um, enjoy singing these Christmas songs. We don't get to do it. I shouldn't say we don't get to, but we just, uh, it's not seasonal to do it, I guess, all year round, so we take advantage of the season, and uh, we, again, we enjoy these songs, and, and uh, not just singing them, but the meaning in the words, it's, uh, it's a beautiful reminder for us, uh, not only in December, but all through the year. I'm going to read a little bit this morning um, about some of the words of Jesus Christ, some of his teachings. And again, as we said, he, you know, this time of the year, he came to the earth as a baby, truly, and um, paved the way for us that we might have salvation. But, you know, he was, he was only here for a, a short time. Um, you know, very often we say 33 years the Lord Jesus was on the earth. And so what if, you know, what if he were here for 66 years? Or what if he were here for 99 years? He was still, you know, he was still born of Virgin Mary. He was flesh and blood. He was mortal. And he had a purpose and he had a mission. So whether he was here for 33 years or some other number of years, the fact is, just like all of us, he was only here for a, a temporary period of time. So the words I'm going to read to you today... Um, are the words of Christ, and I think in a, in a lot of ways, it's it's uh, his purpose in in speaking these words are because truly he was only here for a short period of time, and he was kind of giving us um, he was kind of transferring to us what he was, what he represented, the message that he brought, and it's and so it so it um, applies to us, it applied to them as he was spoke to, spoke to them at that time. And perhaps when he spoke it to them um, in, Jer in Jerusalem, they didn't fully understand what he was talking about. And I'm going to actually read out of Third Nephi this morning, although you could find this also in the fifth chapter of Matthew. It's the, the Lord's Sermon on the Mount, as it's called. But he, he also, as he was on this land in Third Nephi, the twelfth chapter, um, very similar, almost, almost identical teaching. Certainly it was the same message, it was the same gospel that he taught. So, like I said, I'm going to read it here in 3 Nephi and just a couple of uh, verses here. Jesus speaking, starting this morning for us in the 13th verse. 3 Nephi 12, 13. In, in Jesus' words, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you to be the salt of the earth, but if the salt shall lose its savor, wherewith shall the earth be salted? The salt shall be thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I give unto you to be the light of this people. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Behold, do men light a candle and put it under a bushel? Nay, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Therefore, let your light so shine before this people that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And I'm going to stop there this morning. Um, the light of the world, the salt of the earth. I think that you might have heard that phrase or those phrases and that teaching many, many times. And again, um, we're at the season of the year when Jesus Christ came to earth to, to bring his gospel to us. But I'm kind of fast-forwarding us to the place where Jesus was teaching the people that you know, I've given to you to be the salt of the earth, and I've given to you to be the light 
of the world. So uh, you, of, uh, you and I, those of us in this room, and certainly that, that probably encompasses all of us, um, who are serving the Lord, who have taken upon themselves the name of Jesus Christ, he's telling us that we have um, a, a mission and a duty and a commission. He's, he's giving us um, a responsibility, putting a label on us, you might say, and he's saying you're going to be this light and you're going to be this salt of the world and you're going to, you're going to flavor and enlighten the world because you're my followers. And he's, and he's telling us this morning, and, and um, I think we understand, he says, he talks about the salt losing its savor or its flavor. And he talks about the light being hid under a bushel. So as, as you um, know and understand what salt is and, and what its effectiveness is, and it's kind of funny today, they, you go to the store and they, they have pink salt and black salt and sea salt and regular old salt. And, you know, I guess I'm not that well refined in my palate, but I do know when something needs to have salt in it, whether it's pink or blue or white or whatever, um, it just needs to have salt. But then again, if it has too much salt, um, and I, you might have experienced this, you might have tasted some food and it's like, wow, all, all I tasted was salt. That was just a little bit too much and there was no flavor to it because the salt was overpowering. So the Lord is telling us as, as the saints of God, as the messengers of the gospel, we have to have this... this um, this positive, enhancing effect on the world around us. And just like salt, there's, there's a point at which there's a limit to how much we shine the light and, and pour out the salt to the point where it becomes unpalatable, you might say. And, at, and this morning, the message and the thought today is the, the moderating um, factor, the, the thing that allows us to know how much of that salt, I guess, to apply is the Spirit of God that's within us. But at the same time, he talks about the salt losing its savor. If there is not the Spirit of God within us, or if our life isn't shining forth that light the way that it needs to be, then we won't have any flavor, we won't have any effect on the world. So the Lord is asking us, and I'm asking us this morning also, that in order for us to be the salt of the earth, in order for us to be the light of the world, there's a certain life that we need to live that's within the, the commandments of God, that's in keeping with all of his commandments. And a lot of times, um, and we have, you know, we have this, this expert enemy of, of righteousness of our souls who wants us and wants people to kind of set at naught the teachings of God and his commandments. And as, as the Lord even refers to, sometimes trample them under our feet and to pay no attention to them, not realizing that if we don't pay attention to those commandments, we're not able to have that spirit in us. We're not able to be that salt and that light that the Lord has asked us to be. So even as Jesus Christ um, came to earth to be that Savior, and he's to us, you know, he's that ultimate salt of the earth, the one who came to be our savior. Um, and like I said, he was, he was only here for a short time. And he was, in his, in his time that he was here, one of his prior priorities, I guess, was to tell his followers, the ones that, that were listening to what he had to say, telling them that now I'm giving you this responsibility. I'm passing the baton to you to be that influence that positive, godly influence in the lives 
of people around you. He says, let your light so shine before this people, or as he says in Matthew, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So let's talk a little bit about people seeing your good works. You know, we, we preach and we understand scriptures very clear, Bible and Book of Mormon, that our salvation is not um, uh, brought about by or accomplished by our good works. And again, there's been many um, talks about this subject. But it's interesting that the, the Lord is telling us that people need to see it. And it's important for people to see it. Not that we do it for people to see it, but people are going to see it. You know, the Lord, told, the Lord t- teaches us not to judge, and it's, it's very true that we shouldn't. But the fact is, we live in a world where people do judge. People do make assessments and evaluations, and they look and they see things and they make conclusions. They draw conclusions from what they see in our, in our behavior, in our works. So the Lord is asking us to let our light shine that men might see our, our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. And again, Lord Jesus Christ, in everything that he did as he was on this earth in, in, in uh, flesh and blood, in everything that he did, he gave all honor and glory to his Father in heaven. And even to the point where, um, you know, that one rich young ruler came to him and said, good master, and Im- immediately he said, call thou no man good but the Father who is in heaven. So again, um, part of our salt and our light is pointing always to God and giving God the glory. And certainly I, I know that we can testify when perhaps somebody has even remarked in our lives um, of something good that we might have done or something good that they might have seen. Again, we have that opportunity immediately to point out that God is the giver of all good things and God is the, the provider of anything and everything that is good. And that's our source of flavor, of the salt, if you will, and it's our source of light that he's talking about shining forth to the world. So I just wanted to bring some thoughts to you this morning that the Lord Jesus, again, as he was the light of the, of the world, certainly, and he was that salt of the earth, his message to us, to his followers, was that, that we would take on that role and we would play that part. Again, knowing from his, from his side of it, knowing he was only going to be here for a short time. And even as he visited, as we read in the Book of Mormon, even as he visited the people on this land after uh, a great destruction took place at the time of his crucifixion, and um, it said the more righteous were spared. He came to them and he brought this same message to them to be that salt and that light. So I would hope and pray, even at this time of the year when, when we're celebrating the birth of Christ, I would pray that we're also um, seeking to be salt and light and that um, even again, like I said, not overbearing, not too much salt, but just the right amount that people might feel enhanced by the presence of God and the presence of Christ in our lives, that they might glorify the Father which is in heaven. May God bless you this morning. Good morning. Um, I have never been accused of being a quiet speaker, so I won't wear that. Um, it's very nice to see everybody here today. Um, for those that don't know me, I'm Brother Chuck DeLissi. I'm from the Columbus branch, but um, we kind of see it a little different because in the house of God, we're all family. 
So I'm glad to be here visiting with my family today. And um, I hope and pray that God may direct my words, that uh, blessing may come, and that um, he may, uh, we may walk out lifted up more than we walked in today. I enjoyed the words of my brother. It's, um, you know, it's when, when you read the Word of God and you don't feel it in your heart, it's okay. Just get back down on your knees, ask Him for a little more understanding and reread the Word of God. You know, when you go to church and we talk about God, it's that old saying of we're preaching to the choir because those that need to hear it are already hearing it. Those that really need to hear it, they need to find a way. They need one of us to bring that to them. And in reading and listening to the words that were said today, it's a scary thing to have something said to this effect. Verily, verily, I say unto you that I give unto you to be the light of this people. What a responsibility they were being given to be the light of the people. I can't speak for anybody else, but the responsibility of just being a dutiful servant to God is tough. It's hard work. It doesn't come easy. But the payoff is great. The retirement package is outstanding. But when do we believe today that our calling is to be the light of the people? And that's a personal thing each and every person has to make. It's that decision we make every day when we wake up and we go out into the world. And I love the words of my brother, but I'm going to challenge him on one thing. It's not our job to judge, but it's my job to judge me. And every day when I make that decision that I decide to follow the inspiration and the discernment that God has given me, or not to, I judge that on my own. And a lot of times it's that voice in your head that says, I'm not capable, or this isn't my place, or today isn't the right time. And whether it is or it isn't, the only people that can decide on that truth is yourself and God. And someday we're going to know whether Chuck made the right decisions on December 15th, 16th, or whether he made the wrong decisions. I will answer to God for that. But our goal would be is never be wrong. And to do that, that inner strength needs to be strong. I once gave a class on oxygen and aspirin, right? Every day we have a decision to make of oxygen. Do we take oxygen or do we take aspirin in our daily life when it comes to our spiritual abilities? Oxygen, I can't live without breathing oxygen. Aspirin, I take when I just don't feel right. Where is our walk with God? Today, when we walk through this life, can we take one more step without the oxygen of the Spirit of God? Or do we require the Spirit of God to fall upon us during a trial? It's... It's a decision we all make personally each and every day. But it's in, as in this scripture, the more we turn our life over to God and he is the oxygen in our life, 
that without him we cannot survive, the more opportunity we have to be that light. To be that light that never goes dim. To be the light that our neighbors see. To be the light that our co-workers see. And to each and every day bring that light unto those that live in darkness. Because what greater thing, right, can a man do? If we go back to Matthew, Christ was saying in the 22nd chapter of Matthew on the 37th verse, he was being questioned. They were trying to find fault with Christ. And Master, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Christ was very honest. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all their, thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Not on Tuesdays, not on Wednesdays, not on Fridays. Is that an easy task that Christ just laid out? If it was simple, everyone would do it. It is tough. It is not something that we just can fall into each and every day and be successful at. That's just the reality of who we are. We're a natural human being. But Christ brought up, just like in Sunday school today, that though being natural does not mean you can't be spiritual. Christ came in a natural body, but walked with perfect spiritual ability because he believed and he was a son of God. And he believed that God would take care of him. And even when he questioned his father, his father still came through and supported him through everything he needed. Do we believe today that support exists for us? Do we believe today that each and every time we leave the comfort of our home, we leave the comfort of this building, that as we walk out of those doors and we face that world out there that we all know is not a great place to be at times. That God is walking with us. That God can lead us to every decision we need to be that, that perfect servant that He so desires us to be. And the greatest part about it all is when we fail and when we stumble, He is there to pick us up. We go into Christmas and we always think about the birth of Jesus Christ. About without the birth of Jesus Christ, where would the world be? I think of the life of Jesus Christ. Because without the examples that he gave us, where would I be today? I think everybody in here, we have a story of there was a time in our life that we could have walked down that path and we could have took the right turn or the left. And I know that in my life, that happened numerous times. And I'm thankful for God that the times I took the wrong path, He wasn't there to condemn me. He wasn't there to lecture me. And He wasn't there to beat me up. But He was there with an open hand and saying, come back. Come back, my son, that I may be able to help you live your life correctly. And that love that He has given me and my family, and like I said, you're all my family. That love that He gives us is so, it's, it's so overpowering when it's active in our life. Throw the aspirin away. The aspirin's not needed when the oxygen exists. And the day that oxygen leaves us would be the greatest day because as we talked about today, that 
mankind for some reason fears death? And I think that's a question that God continues to ask because we fear the unknown at times, but we truly believe heaven exists. And it's a greater place. I recently lost my mom. And my mom was in the church for a lot of years. She brought me up in the church. And over a period of time, she had fallen away. But I do know that those days prior to her death, God visited with her. And what the decision is, is where my mom is today. I like to think that we serve a loving God that knows a loving heart. But either way, I know there is peace in her heart at the time she passed. Because God was with her. God is with each and every one of us every day. He's there. We just have to listen to it. And it's hard. It's easy to say. It's easy to come up and talk about. And it's hard to do during the natural trials of this life. But when you succeed and your ears open up completely and we hear that discernment and that direction, the joy and the peace, every person has a testimony of when they gave a testimony to a friend or when they gave a handkerchief or when they had a minister anoint a friend or when they anointed themselves and that blessing became so strong that the witness of that blessing touched others in their heart and in their mind and in their soul. It's when you couldn't forget it, you couldn't go to sleep that night because that power of that blessing was so strong that God was so alive. It's addicting. Um, It's just, for me, Christmas is about the life of Christ. And I know that I am far from being 100% reliant on oxygen. But I can say in the 20 years that I've been in this church that I breathe a whole lot more O2 these days than I do take aspirin. And my goal is before I die, they'll never find aspirin in my medicine cabinet. Because I don't want to rely on God for when I'm in a trial. I want to continually know that each and every day of my walk He's walking right there with me. The trials are going to come. The problems are going to happen and the afflictions will come upon us. But when we're walking with God, they don't matter as much. Because that comfort, that that power of knowing God is with you is so overwhelming, who has time to focus on the problems of life? So I hope and pray that each and every day that in your life, God is there. I know that it's He has promised us that all we have to do is ask. All we have to do is desire and turn our life over, that commitment, that pureness, that desire to breathe, that O2 of God. And He will walk with us each and every day. We will, we will go through the trials, but we will go through with that peace of God walking with us. So may God bless you all in the holiday season. Um, the uh, East Coast, we, we send our, our love, our compassion, and our envy for your weather. Um, it's, um, it was nice. When I think when we left to come here, it was, it was a warm, sunny 21 degrees. And, um, but we come here because it's family. 
not only my natural family. Some of you we've known for years. Some of you we've only known a, a brief period of time. But that love of the Spirit allows us to call each other brother and sister for a reason. Because we love you like our own family. So may God bless you uh, throughout this day.